Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The title of the show tonight is Octopedes from Space. Space, space, space. That's right. Do you know what an octopedes is? A what? Yes. Octopedes. Octopedes. I, I can't even pronounce it. It's the, apparently the mm, lesser known but more correct uh, plural of octopus. So it's not octopods? No, nor octopi, which is a common, commonly accepted That's true. plural, octopi. But uh, no, it's, what is it? Octopedes. Octopedes? It's not octopedes? I've heard of octopedes. Hang on, let me see. Octopodes. O-C-T-O-P-O-D-E-S. Isn't Octo- that octopodes? Octopodes, octopodes. Uh, Depends on the language. Well, now you sound way smarter. <laughs> yeah, octopodes. Octopodes. <laughs> yes, I was so crazy. I was out on the town with my fellow octopodes. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you were hanging out with octopi? <laughs> yes, that's what I said, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, where does this come from? I'm 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 ill prepared. I'm whelmed and combobulated. This is from Gaia. G A I A. Dot com. Scientific study says octopuses may have come from outer space. Space, space. space. I've heard this theory before because they're so smart for what we think of them as yeah. food. Cephalopods, the organisms that include octopuses, squid, and cuttlefish. All delicious. Cuttlefish, not cuttlefish. They're not like, oh, yeah, let me hug you fish. They got eight arms. Let's go. <laughs> Are strangely intelligent and anomalous animals able to edit their own RNA. I didn't know that. Solve puzzles and short circuit light bulbs with a carefully directed stream of water. These bizarre invertebrates have baffled scientists and even led some to believe they are sentient creatures. In fact, a recently published New York Times bestselling book makes a strong argument based on some very convincing anecdotal and scientific evidence that cephalopods are intelligent, conscious creatures. This would all seem to make sense when combined with a newly published paper based on the famous theory of panspermia proposed by Cambridge scientists Fred Hoyle and Chandra... What is that? Wickramasinger? I'm not going to pronounce that name right now you know Najat. I don't know why anybody can't pronounce it. It's easy. <laughs> Known as the HW thesis of cosmic biology. The theory posits that space hardy bacteria, viruses, and organisms originate near the galactic center before hitching rides on comets and subsequently seeding life on rocky places like Earth. Though it sounds far fetched, there is a precedent most notably seen in tardigrades. <laughs> the micro animals proven to be capable of surviving in the vacuum of outer space. If you're going to pick an animal to decide, okay, yeah, that one's from another like galaxy or dimension or whatever. I mean, okay, so they have this weird squiggly eye that for the longest time we couldn't figure out, like, how do they see color? Because they definitely see color and they don't have cones. But no, their their weird squiggly eye, like bends the light at just the right way so that they can like figure out what color things are do you think it's more so sea creatures because humans just have less interaction and experience with those they are definitely alien to us right and it is it is honestly another world so like if you're like oh man i really wish that we could travel to another planet that had that had life so i could see seriously go scuba diving it right. really yeah, is, no, it is. It, it is exactly like that. Yeah. When I was a uh, commercial fisherman, uh, we fished for shark 
for one of the trips, and uh, I had... Also delicious. Also very delicious. Yeah, fresh shark. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's like a big white fish, right? Uh, we deep fried it, some tartar sauce. Oh, mm, delicious. Anyway, uh, I had a shark jaw, which uh, could... It really couldn't function, but it was basically I could step through it. I could put it around my entire body. I'm kind of a big dude, mm-hmm. right? And that's how big the jaw was. But the shark that we cut it out of, obviously, was a big shark. Um, but it was full of, you know, leftover shark bits, right? Skin and teeth and fat and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Rejection of the commonly held theory that abiogenesis. Abiogenesis or the first origins of life on Earth spontaneously occurred in the hydrothermal vents. In deep sea trenches, instead, they argue that a series of evolutionary phases coincide with instances of comets and meteorites raining down on our planet. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, so uh, life itself originating here, like DNA just starting here, or even like RNA happening to start on Earth, uh, I don't know. Okay, but why? Because it has to start somewhere. Right. Well, I mean, it's got to start somewhere, but like, there's only so many planets that it, that have the right environment for that. Like, okay. it's got to have water. It's got to have this like beautiful little Goldilocks zone of temperature. Can't have too much radiation. It's all this stuff. So, I mean, like, I kind of assume it starts here, but like, just life itself starting somewhere else, yeah, maybe. Okay, but like a whole animal. Just well, a whole animal. Like, nope, well, nope. Just, it, it just so happens to be this nice carbon-based life form that can totally the, live here. There are so many, like, weird creatures uh, below the ocean that That's what we're human beings have rarely set eyes upon. So, you know, I'm on board with, like, the dinosaurs and the meteor extinction kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's a historical fact that meteors have crashed into Earth and will crash into Earth again. How do these species become more diverse? We're going back to the article now. Uh, From retroviruses capable of altering the genetic makeup of the organisms they infect. These retroviruses are the sturdiest part of the argument as they are one of the cleanest instances of horizontal gene transfer seen in nature. These retroviruses started appearing and evolving in conjunction with the species they infected around the Cambrian explosion 542 million years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. This was an extinction. Diver- off the you look amazing for your age. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this was an extinction diversification event when unprecedented biological diversity and complexity began on Earth. It was also when retroviruses began to insert genetic material into a number of species. And where do the sentient octopuses come in? This is the part I've been waiting for. I could have skipped all the rest of that. <laughs> no. Of course, we went on and on about octo. I don't know the retro. Uh, on and on about. Octopodes. Thank you. I don't know. The retrovirus part of it seems like the most reasonable, you know, alien space thingy to me. Like having a whole octopus that like somehow floats here through space. Eh, having Are a, they like, saying it's a whole octopus? They didn't say a whole octopus, though. No, they said it's, DNA from a comet. Like somehow right. there was DNA yeah. in a comet. It crashed on Earth and that DNA spawned e- an octop. Evolved, spawned. Yeah, whatever. This theory parallels Terrence McKenna's stoned ape hypothesis. Man, Man. (laughs) which posits that a sudden doubling of human brain capacity, a jump in human intelligence and the formation of language some 200,000 years ago was catalyzed by psychedelic plants, man, particularly psilocybin containing mushrooms. Wow. It's as if they were listening to me talk and then wrote this paragraph. (laughs) Weird. So eat more 
octopodes and like absorb some of their intellect. Ooh. And then you can travel. No, no, you got to spe- inject oh. them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you were going to say in space. I was. Oh, damn it. Space. Okay. Space. Space. <laughs> McKenna noted that uh, fungus spores are able to survive eons of drift through space until they find a suitable environment to land. Yeah, mushrooms are clearly aliens. Like, they're absolutely not. They're not plants. They're not animals. They're they're just this weird thing that figured out a, like, completely different niche where, like, they, they have animal cells but totally act like plants. And the complete ecosystem under the ground. Yeah. Yeah, like, you get one spore and it just, the only thing it does is create, like, the, this entire system of tubes and, like... Uh, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> I mean, basically, it makes infrastructure. Like, you get one spore, infrastructure, and it just keeps building infrastructure. We're going to move on to something I call rental son. Oh. Now, somebody, uh, some of you may know that son is sort of the, uh, the the Japanese version of, like, sir, right? It's a, a distinction uh, for somebody, uh, you know, instead of saying, oh, hello, sir, you say, you know, richie son or peakless son, right? That kind of thing. So we're totally culturally appropriating... Japanese culture. I had to call this guy something, so okay. I call him Rent-A-Son. Here's the headline from the Washington Post. I'm in favor of cultural appropriation. Okay. Like, take all of it from every culture, smash it together, and see what works. I believe culture is appropriate, so yes. Okay. The headline from the Washington Post, Rent a Stranger. This Japanese man makes a living showing up and doing nothing. Tokyo. Living the dream. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, a whole bunch of, like, uh, Democrats and liberals are like, what? Really? This is my dream. Anti-work what? Reddit is going insane right now. What, we what could do be do? doing this the whole time. <laughs> Before, what are you doing for a living? Nothing. Not a thing. Well, he does do something. Before moving out of Tokyo for her new job, Akiri Shirai wanted to eat at her favorite restaurant that she used to visit with her then-husband. There was one issue. She didn't want to be flooded with thoughts about her divorce by going alone. But she didn't feel like inviting a friend and explaining the situation either. So she rented Japan's do-nothing guy, quote-unquote. The preeminent male in Japan. But over the past four years, Shoji Morimoto 38 has built a cult following by offering himself as a warm body who can simply be there, liberating his clients from the social expectations of the spoken and unspoken norms of Japanese society. Morimoto nicknamed Rental-san incorporating and horrific has inspired television series three books and has drawn international attention through his viral social media posts morimoto's gigs have run the gamut he waited at the finish line of a marathon for a client he wanted to see a familiar face at the end of the race someone hired him to sit with them while they finished their thesis because they might slack off working alone he listens to healthcare workers describe the mental health toll of the pandemic he charges 10,000 yen, about 85 bucks U.S., per session, and is most frequently hired to accompany people who are at a turning point in life, who want to rewrite traumatic memories or experience a vulnerable moment that they feel uncomfortable sharing with friends or family. Is that cheaper than a therapist or a priest? Like, how much is that? Mm. I mean, you could go to a confessional for free, but how much is a therapist? Mm, I don't know, and it's been a while since I've seen Judas Priest. I heard their tickets were pretty high. In theory, uh, going to the confessional uh, is part of a package deal where you paid like 10% of your income, so in theory. In theory? All right. It's been a while, but I'm told that, you know, 85 bucks is uh, a a deal if you're into the... uh, 
you know, uh, sex work. It seems like the Ukrainian conflict is a big information and economic warfare game mm-hmm. from the U.S. and the Russians. That's what it seems like to me at this point. What gives you that idea? Uh, the way that they're being sanctioned and the way that the media is treating Putin and everything. And For example? Listening to, and to listening to Ian talk about news from RT versus news from the United States. It's definitely different. Yeah, I use I definitely use RT as a source just to get that perspective. It's interesting uh, when I first sort of started watching news from non-U.S. outlets. Um, this is some time ago. So uh, the ones that I first went to RT, of course, Al Jazeera, BBC, even. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was maybe an Australian one or something like that. So Sky News. Or Sky what? News. Yeah, yeah. I think was the one. And so. It was really interesting to me because you suddenly get a f- different perspective on the same story. That's why they hate us. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, uh, but you do. You get a instead of listening to a lot of people get into this trap, right? The people who watch just Fox right. or just CNN, and they'll call into the show and they'll have the Fox opinion or the CNN opinion, and it's like. Can you expand your palette a little bit? Can you at least cross-reference it with several other news sources? Right. Actually, Fox has become really popular on the left these days. This whole thing honestly seems orchestrated to me to move all of the economic power from America to China and to slightly really? decrease the, the economic power of, uh, of Europe, but not too bad. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there's like, a theory that Putin's in on it. Like he's just playing the role of bad guy. Yeah. So well, I mean, like he was he was trained by the econo- the World Economic Forum. That's so. Part of it. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, a, a lot of this is they put on a good show for our benefit. You know, the the Democrats and the Republicans sure do in this country, and I don't see why it would be any different between like uh, uh, you know Biden and Putin. They put on a nice show of being enemies, but really, like it. it it, when it comes down to do they get to keep their power, they are always willing to work together against us. So what you're saying is that uh, the folks who go to work for uh, like the WWE wrestling, right, uh, that, that kind of thing, like when they get really good at their jobs, they get promoted into like international affairs. <laughs> it's pretty similar, uh, except like politics. So if you if you are corrupt and a good actor. Uh, then you go from just being a state politician to being a national politician. Well, explain Joe Biden, because, I mean, sure, he's corrupt, but he's a very poor actor. Well, so, number one, uh, he is there for, uh, well, number one, he's there because they can somewhat control him. I went to this church today. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's called the Legacy Christian Church. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the part of preaching has always it has been uh, pushing the oil company mm-hmm. industry like it's a um, it's a good form of uh, fuel, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm I'm very cons- I mean I mean oh, it's the, very the obvious pushing that pushing an oil company. Yeah, what do you mean? Like specifically? Well, I mean the oil like, industry. Shell. Well, in other words, like uh, there's a lot of people that complain about the air pollution and you know using less the alternative. Uh, you know, uh, energy. But the pastor um, says that, you know, oil company is a really good form. And so, you know, how could that be? 
Well, think about it. I never knew that Bible had any kind of opinion about oil industry versus the clean energy. Like yeah, I'm pretty solar sure it energy. doesn't. Yeah, I mean, but unless that's you take whole... a really inter- really liberal interpretation of rejoice about the oil, like there there is weirdly enough like one, but but they're talking about like oil, oil, like olive oil, yeah, whale oil, you know, stuff they use for lamps. You know, there there, there was no petroleum yeah. oil. The ambergris. But uh, what I also found out about this church is very um, Republican saturated. Actually, I went there to kind of network market, give out our business card. That was my like little covert operation. So you weren't even but, there for religious purposes. You were there for business purposes. But well, you're com- the priest is there too. But but and but your right. complaint is that the the priest was giving his opinions on political stuff. Right, and then taking um, uh, uh, you know, stance on energy. Right, I mean, and it's got nothing to do with the Bible. Jesus never says I, I prefer petroleum oil versus the wind energy. How do you know? I, I mean, how do you know? He never, never said, said that. Said nothing. But it was in the early you know years. I mean? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just no, but it's just. I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable how. And then there was a lot of people that were there. And uh, this a is a democratic state. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, um, but you have to pay for your coffee. It wasn't because they had free donuts. How many business you know, cards that, did you end up giving out? I think we gave up about maybe ten or twelve. Is this but what you do though? Like there, every week, you choose a different church and go there and hand out business cards. Not really. I went to this one because I had to find out because they were on the news. I had to figure out this legacy. Like this, this is a church that's obnoxious. I did used to uh, attend church. I, I had to as a child. My parental units were, um, you know, it was mandatory. If they served fireball at communion, I'd be there every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, there was this hymn. Uh, the hymn was, uh, uh, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together, right? This kind of thing. Uh, me and my brother, of course, we changed that. Early parody days for Captain Kickass, right? <laughs> uh, we changed lyrics to hymns, and this one became, uh, I am a jerk, you are a jerk, we are the jerks together. And we were laughing so hard, people around us kind of heard what we were saying, they were laughing. It was fun to see, like, people... Trying to not crack up, tears running, you know, down a cheek or whatever, because we're calling them jerks during the hymn. It was great. I enjoyed it so much. You should talk to Arya about doing that for communion, though, for the the satanic church. Yeah, sure. Doing yeah. hymns? No, well, no. Fireball. fireball, fire. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think it was the blood of Christ, but maybe something else. Okay. Now, in this case, that is an appropriate whiskey. <laughs> probably the well, best. We could agree on probably something. the best selection for that venue. <laughs> blood right? of Satan. Fireball. Blood right? of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> to highlight the common view that men aren't deemed sexist when they're rude to both men and women, researchers asked subjects to share their perceptions of tweets from former President Donald Trump. Oh God. <laughs> Lambasting men and women, fictitious stories of managers' treatment of male and female employees, and surveys of sexist behavior. Okay. According to the study, being a jerk to men creates an illusion of impartiality, giving sexist perpetrators plausible deniability. This can lead to people falsely concluding that gender bias doesn't underlie rude behavior, making them less likely to recognize sexism. 
We found that a man does not seem sexist if he treats everyone, both men and women, poorly. See? Hmm. Right. I mean, you're treating them equally in that respect. Equally poorly. Sure. But is the same not true for treating them equally nicely? Probably. Well, but... I, I would have to say that part of growing up, like in specifically male-on-male culture, was that you rib on your friends. And in fact, if you stop like being mean to somebody, you're probably upset with them. Oh man, I can't tell you how many hours I used to spend underage drinking with with my buddies uh, and just ripping on each other. That was like the whole. It was literally a game to see who could get the best rip on everybody. And if you did, you know, everybody sort of died laughing about it anyway. And right. you just had to take it. And if you didn't like it, well, it was up to you to come up with your own rip. The problem with automated vehicles is that they still have to interact with humans, and humans are unpredictable. Yes. Disagree. So if you so if you you disagree. Yeah, that's not the problem with them. Go on. There's there's all sorts of problems with them. So like, uh, if you, uh, I mean, if you think about the immense processing power that the human brain has, and especially our ability to see and to like categorize this is an object this is a different object it's an unbelievably complicated task so like anything changes in the environment and that uh, and that that you know uh self-driving car is going to have real problems well and the other thing too is uh, i understand your point but if everything is self-driving and everything is laid out they will all communicate with each other and you wouldn't have that the spontaneity of I, human miscalculation. I disagree. Okay. For this reason and this reason only, who created the thing? Humans. Humans. So anything humans create is fallible because humans created it. It's going to make mistakes. Sure, but there's not going to be like a human error in that mistake because it's it's a hive mind of all the cars on the road. Like it, as as you approach the intersection in your car and you like you see that other car. It's like, oh, is he going to go? Is he not going to go? Well, if both cars are on the same network, they've already figured that out. I envision this thing uh, happening in much the same way uh, Ma Bell disintegrated. There used to be the phone company way right. back in the in the eighties, right? And before that, uh, and then they passed some sort of thing, and then they continued it. I think ninety six came around. There were some more telephony you know sort of things where like they broke up and this is where we got the long distance wars those of you old enough to remember that right. uh sprint so clear you could hear a pin drop right the advent of uh fiber uh for telephony uh, and that kind of a thing so uh all that came along and suddenly there were many companies and they were competing long distance all that kind of stuff and then the cell phone companies came in Right, and they were competing not only with the landlines but also the long distance companies, and so there were all sorts of weird agreements in this early yeah. time made between all these companies, and not all of them were reciprocal. And right. you, if you had one provider, you could maybe get roaming in the state you were visiting, but not some others, and all this. There was kind of a time stuff. you couldn't send an email to someone who had a different email provider. Right, right. right. So there's but, that phase before they figure it out. Right. And these things tend to work themselves out in a free market environment, right? Sure. They go, oh, okay, we need to cooperate with these guys, and right. we'll share revenue for your users, you share revenue with our users, and we'll allow roaming, and blah, blah, blah. Like, and why, that's, they, uh, like why they have the same uh, size of rail for different trains, even from different companies, so that they can still run on the same tracks. Right. But that's how paying separately for long distance was eliminated. If this thing kicks off, at some point there is going to be mixed roadways. There's going to be driverless and driver's cars. That's, right. And I'm suggesting that that's the problem. Like, that's the step that needs to be avoided. 
I don't think you can avoid it. You know what okay. they should really do is just bring the hammer down and say no one's allowed to travel ever again because we're trying our thing. That's a that's a trucker joke. Put the hammer down. Okay. But yeah, you know, just you know, a nice, I'm not a nice, solid, savage police state. That's what we need. If you're hearing me call for state intervention, you're hearing it wrong. What I'm saying is, if you have it mixed, humans are going to be the cause of the problem. Okay. And the best way to avoid I that like is- driving places. Okay. And short of threatening me, that's going to keep going on. Okay. But you're going to end up being like the smushed part of the highway because you're going to get run over by the automated system when you make a mistake that they can't, that they can't uh, mathematically figure out in time to avoid it. Like, it's going to get dangerous for you to be like, I'm going to go out in my Miata and just run around the highway. You're going to get smushed. Okay. That's that's all I'm saying. All right, Richie doesn't like us to be able to make these choices. No, you can make the choice. You just have to live with the consequence. Richie values automated roadways over humanized roadways. This from the Free Thought Project. Mandates may no longer matter as scientists create contagious vaccines that spread by themselves. What could possibly go wrong? A bio-vaccination. I mean, this sounds like, uh, you know, a sci-fi slash horror type, you know, disaster movie. Yeah. A Bruckheimer like a, film. It's like an STV. Who who reads this and does not think mad scientist? Honestly. Young Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Pronounced Igor. It's Frank and Stein. It's the place for beer and hot dogs. Frank mm. and Stein. Got it. Oh, I like it. So I mean, like this, that is that is super scary, and I don't want to dwell too much on this, but it it really is. They they describe it. This is a bombshell," said Children's Health Defense President and General Counsel Mary Holland. At least now we know why the FDA and Pfizer wanted to keep this data under wraps for seventy five years. They're going to put it in the chemtrails. Just spread it. Oh, is that is that this came out with the uh, the documents that they finally uh, were forced to release by the court? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, your body is, you know, the property of the state. So if we want to infect you with a vaccine, quote unquote, yeah, it's, it's ours. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.